Coming up on Stu Does America, Donald Trump held a rally, and it feels like the starting point of the election is finally here. Our own Sarah Gonzalez was there with a prime viewing location. We'll get a sense of what it was like to be on site. And Benny Johnson has been all over the campaign as well, and also was able to experience the wonderful world of Chaz firsthand. We'll get an update on everyone's favorite autonomous zone. If you're on YouTube right now, do me a favor, click that thumbs up on the video while you're thinking about it right now. Just do it, just click it, it's awesome, you'll love it, it's a great experience. And you can comment below on the show as we go. This shows the YouTube robots that you're an engaged viewer and it really helps us out with the algorithms and such. And please subscribe and rate the show five stars on iTunes with a review, it's great, whatever. Uh, even if you usually just watch in one place, subscribe everywhere. It helps us defeat the algorithm robots. And of course, the ultimate weapon against the algobots is a subscription to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew and make sure to use the code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Before we start, another fat guy food review, English toffee nut M&Ms. I can get into toffee as well as peanut M&Ms, but I have to say the combo just didn't do much for me. I give it a C minus, but I still love capitalism. Stu does America. There's a rumor going around that we've been in the middle of an election for a while now. We've looked into it and it's not true. I mean, it's technically true, like we're technically in the middle of an NBA season. But we've been on hiatus. I don't know if anyone's noticed. We've had some other big things to deal with. There is a little virus floating around that's named after a Mexican beer, that which you may have heard of. And, of course, you know, we took a little detour to learn how burning down black-owned businesses had become not only acceptable or even encouraged, but required by all good citizens. In fact, you are now a racist if you disagree with that. That was a hell of a plot twist. I mean, 2012 was a crappy apocalypse movie with John Cusack, where he's constantly running and driving away from earthquake cracks. Uh, that was supposed to be chaotic. But compared to 2020, the movie was basically a relaxing visit to the spa for a massage. But now it's summer and we've passed Juneteenth, the holiday that everyone acts like they've always celebrated, but actually had never heard of before last week. Side note, I stand by the fact that Juneteenth is the Patagonian toothfish of holiday names. I love the idea of celebrating the end of slavery, a horrific institution whose death I take great pleasure in. After all, I like a small government with very limited power over the people, so obviously slavery is 180 degrees away from the American conservative perspective. If you'd like to find real examples of mass slavery in effect today, you'll have to look to the Marxist countries around the world that still utilize it. Anyway, Juneteenth sounds like a magazine with Justin Bieber pictures inside. Juneteenth. The Patagonian toothfish was apparently a delicious fish all this time, but no one wanted to eat it because of the terrible name. They changed the name to Chilean sea bass, and now they charge $28.99 a portion. We need to Chilean sea bass Juneteenth. Just an idea. Anyway, if you watched the Trump rally this weekend, I think you probably felt it too. The election has finally begun. And compared to race riots and coronavirus, I'm thrilled to get it going, honestly. The media, as usual, focus on all the wrong things. Hammering the Trump campaign for a lack of enthusiasm 
since there were many empty seats. The arena held 21,000. The campaign said about 12,000 were there. Excuse me, the uh, authorities said there's or the campaign said 12,000. The authorities said 6,200. All right, there's a little bit of a disagreement, but there were definitely empty seats. What happened? Well, if you listen to AOC, it was TikTok. She said to the Trump campaign, actually, you just got rocked by teens on TikTok who flooded the Trump campaign with fake ticket reservations and tricked you into believing a million people wanted your white supremacist open mic enough to pack an arena during COVID. Shout out to Zoomers. Y'all make me so proud. The y'all's almost too authentic from her in New York City. This is exactly how a teenager would analyze this situation. AOC remains a perfect impression of what would happen if a 13-year-old on a live-action Nickelodeon show got into Congress in a body swap episode. Here's the thing. Genius. When you're reserving tickets for a political rally, they're basically just grabbing your personal information so they can email you later for updates and pleas for cash. That's the way this works. If you have an arena of 21,000 and only 6,200 are there, you're letting almost anyone in. There probably were a few people who heard the campaign bragging about having a million people registered and decided not to go because they didn't want the hassle. I mean, it was probably a few people who did that. But a much bigger factor in this is that, you know, look, it was a large indoor rally during a pandemic. If you listen to a lot of talk radio, you might get a false impression about how Americans as a whole feel about this stuff. Less than a third of Republicans say they are comfortable right now going out to a sporting event or concert in a similar circumstance, inside or out. A Fox News poll shows only 23% of people overall think large gatherings for politics is a good idea right now. About 70% of Republicans think, think masks are a good idea. You don't get that impression from Twitter. It's just not clear why Trump just didn't do the rally outside where the science is a lot more clear on the spread of the virus. Uh, But a lot of people were probably just scared away. The other big media takeaway could not have been more stupid. You tell me, was Donald Trump being serious here or not? Testing is a double-edged sword. We've tested now 25 million people. It's... Probably 20 million people more than anybody else. Germany's done a lot. Uh, South Korea's done a lot. They call me. They say, the job you're doing, here's the bad part. When you test, when you do testing to that extent, you're going to find more people. You're going to find more cases. So I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. (laughs) Come on. Really? He's obviously joking. If he was being serious, he wouldn't be telling you about it on stage. But this goes back to a, how to deal with a Trump presidency. He's different. He is. You can't listen to what he says. He's an entertainer, and half the time he's in negotiation mode. Just look at what he does, not what he says in his jokes. After the well-covered slow start with testing, after there were issues at the CDC, our testing numbers have consistently been skyrocketing. After starting with nothing in March, we have had close to a straight line up, 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 up to now over 500,000 tests per day. We've tested more than any country on Earth. Of course, we have a lot more people than some of these other countries. So let's adjust for population and look at a bunch of countries with good data from around the world. This chart shows Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, Chile, Italy, Spain, Germany, France, South Korea, India and Japan. 
The U.S. tests more per thousand people than anyone else in the group. Looking at the increases uh, for the U.S. in isolation, it's pretty impressive, honestly. By the beginning of June, we were ahead of pretty much everyone in the world. You can't listen to Donald Trump's jokes to find his policies. You have to look at what he's done, not what he said. Some people say that's double standard uh, that I'm applying here. And that's not only highly offensive, it's also highly true. <laughs> I, I, being honest with you here, I would not give Barack Obama a break on a lot of this stuff. And I doubt I'll give the next president that benefit of the doubt either, Republican or Democrat. But Trump is different. Can we not acknowledge this? He's been around for a while now. He communicates like an entertainer. If Bill Maher became president, God, please protect us. We would have to learn to take what he's saying with a grain of salt when it comes to specifics. If we didn't, we'd fail, just like the media is failing now. And if you want Trump to stop this sort of thing, good luck. Good luck with that. This was the first time I've seen Donald Trump happy in months. He loves this stuff. He lives for this stuff. And his base loves it, too. You would think after four years of this act where the media pretends to take jokes seriously and hangs on every word looking for the most minor misspeak, they would realize that it's not only bad for the country, but it also doesn't work. He's still president of the United States. Trump isn't going to punchline his way out of the White House. If you want him gone, you're going to have to beat him. And the actions of the media show that they are not at all confident Joe Biden can do that. And who can blame them? I'm not even confident Joe Biden can find his way back from his own bathroom. Who does America? The anxiety and stress caused by debt is overwhelming. It makes you feel alone, like there's absolutely no way out. Especially now, with everything else going on, luckily Freedom Debt Solutions is here to help. There is no one-size-fits-all solution for getting out of debt. Uh, if it was that easy, anybody could do it. But Freedom Debt Solutions has more than 400 debt experts standing by to recommend the right solution for your specific situation. No matter which solution you may qualify for, Freedom Debt Solutions could help you get rid of expensive credit card debt faster than you can on your own with one low affordable monthly program payment. If you've got a lot of credit cards, think about what that means to your life. Number one, lower payments. Number two, just one payment instead of like 50 I've been in that situation. My wife was in that situation. A lot of people have experienced it. Having one payment that you have to focus on and get that payment down lower so you're spending less money is a huge deal. Since 2002, Freedom Debt Solutions has served over 750,000 clients, settled over 2.7 million accounts, and settled over $10 billion in debt. They know how to do this. So if you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt and are struggling to make monthly payments, here is hope. Uh, stop the stress and anxiety your debt is causing Find out how you can talk to a Freedom Debt Solutions expert and get your free personalized debt consultation today. Go to freedomdebtsolutions.com slash stew. That's freedomdebtsolutions.com slash stew. Make sure you include the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Freedomdebtsolutions.com slash stew. I've devoted several episodes of this stupid show to Chaz, the so-called Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle that has given us a nice sneak peek of what socialism would look like if we just tried it for real this time, like all the trust fund revolutionaries keep saying we should.
My struggle with Chaz has been how seriously we should take it. Naturally, my first instinct is to mock it, but I also want to reveal why it's so terrifying, and it is. Benny Johnson is the chief creative uh, officer at Turning Point USA, and he has seen the glory of the autonomous zone up close and in person. Benny, please tell me you took a bath in penicillin when you got home. Yes, yes, absolutely. I uh, I did. This is certainly something that uh, is going to be <laughs> something that you should definitely get checked out. I mean, I don't know if there's an HHS established in Chaz just yet. Um, <laughs> it seems to have a tenuous situation with America. There is no travel restrictions, but I have a feeling there's going to be a travel ban very soon uh, from the president of the United States. Um, <laughs> trade trade relationships are de minimis. Uh, the GDP of Chaz seems to be a lot of uh, woven beads and, um, you know, anything you can shove into a bong uh, and some really mildewy tents mm. along with some used heroin needles. Uh, but ultimately, yes, I mean, the, the true the reality here, Stu, is that real Chaz hasn't been tried yet. OK, so quit critiquing. Quick critiquing uh, the Chaz as you see it now. Real Chaz has yet to be tried. Yes. So as we know, there's been hundreds of people who said they are trying real Chaz, but we never give them credit for actually trying real Chaz. And this is what I keep kind of kind of coming back to. And I, I, I kind of you hit on it here. It, 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 these are real arguments made by people who are serious. Um, and then you look at what's actually going on there, and it's I, my first instinct is to just make fun of it constantly, and I think that's a good instinct. But in addition to that, these people are serious, and they're doing this. I mean, there are people getting injured. There are people being assaulted. There's people being shot. I mean, this is a serious situation. Thank God I don't live in Seattle near Chaz. Yeah, so when we were there, it was really unnerving. I got to tell you, like with my team, we got in and we got out. Uh, we let, we had a, com- a cameraman stay there, and he was uh, he was uh, ultimately called out during one of their protests, and he had his camera smashed and a finger broken by the protesters. These are horrifically violent people. They do the exact opposite of what they stand for. So if they say they are anti-racist, the first thing they do is segregate by race not only uh, their gardens, but giant swaths of Chaz are segregated by race. This is a very confusing topic. They say that they're against police brutality, but the first thing that happens is they set up very strong borders and then arm them uh, with men who carrying rifles. This is uh, very strange. And uh, what are the what's the job of these men? Well, to enforce their agreed upon rules. Sounds a lot like a police force, <laughs> um, just a much scarier one because it runs off of mob violence. Uh, it is a scary place to be. There are no civil rights. If you are hurt or injured or killed, which has happened actually over the weekend, multiple people shot fatally, uh, then the authorities will not be able to get to you. They won't be able to travel to you uh, and deliver uh, aid, uh, administer aid to you. Um, It is very, very bad place to be. But as you mentioned earlier, it is indeed a place where we can see the glories of communism and socialism played out to a grand scale. You can see the future that libs want. And it is absolutely terrifying. It really is. People are fascinated by it. I've been surprised as you know, we live in this world of politics all the time. We're always looking at this stuff. We're always reading it. Not everybody's there. 
And people are, I think, really captured by this story because they can't understand how in the hell something like this is happening in the United States. We all live in a world where if we go 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, we're getting pulled over. Yet they were just giving six blocks of real estate up to anarchist socialists, uh, if that's even a thing. Um, uh, how, how do you explain that to someone who doesn't live in this world and is shocked that something like this could happen? Yeah, so it's classic Marxism. If you study Karl Marx, then what you're going to find is that under Marx uh, in the Communist Manifesto written 150 years, odd years ago, uh, these things that are occurring in America are playing out. And it actually gives you great comfort to realize that these are things that have been tried. Every cultural or Marxist revolution throughout history has happened this exact same way. You take class divides, identitarian politics, you pit two groups of people against each other uh, and you divide the classes and then you incite violence between the classes. Um, the playing out of Chaz is precisely a, a Marxian tome. It is happening precisely to the letter. What is occurring across our streets with the violence, the mob activity, the lawlessness, this is meant to incite a identitarian war between classes. Now, the classes may be black or white, rich or poor, maybe an environmentalist class. It doesn't matter. These are always just channeled through the leftist wing, a leftist party. And you stoke hatred. And it's always about the same thing. It's about power and control. What's the first thing that happens in chats? Power and control. They make demands of their elected officials. No one elected these people. As of a couple weeks ago, these people were sitting in their parents' basements, uh, eating Pop-Tarts and playing <laughs> Minecraft. Nobody elected them. No one asked for their opinion. But the first thing that happens is they use force and violence to take over something and then they make demands and make requests. And then if you capitulate, they'll continue. And this is precisely how Lenin started his revolution. And this is precisely how every Marxian revolution has occurred throughout the country. It's a textbook. And quite frankly, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. Stu, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, just openly admits that she is a trained Marxist. Mm -hmm. And she says so in her bio and she says so in interviews. And she says we are using Marxist tactics to take over power and control in America. And quite frankly, our corporations and our feeble, weak need conservative base is allowing them to do it. And it's disgusting. Yeah, no, I mean, it is really surprising, I think, to a lot of people that this is reality. And I think one of the most shocking parts of this is that this isn't so crazy for these groups. Like, this is a logical progression down the idea of police are bad because they have no limiting principle. So this just keeps saying, well, police are bad. Therefore, we must remove them. Therefore, we need an autonomous zone. Therefore, we need Raz going around being the, the, the local warlord controlling the area. And, you know, you, you made great uh, comedy out of this uh, in your video, which you have to go see on Benny's uh, social feeds. It's really funny. Um, but, like, this is a situation where the average person thinks, this is a bonkers story. But in reality, if you look at what's happened in Seattle over the past five to 10 years, they've slowly defanged the police to a point where they don't they don't implement these laws anyway. Large swaths of, of these uh, of Seattle is almost an, a no go zone. 
and they don't enforce these smaller crimes. They release people constantly back out dozens and dozens of offenses. This is not that far away, the world of Chaz, from the world we live in now. And if we're not careful, we're going to get to this point where there's going to be Chaz's all over the country. That's correct. That's correct. And this is what they want. I mean, it gives it actually gives you great peace when you realize that this isn't something that is unique to the American experiment. What we are going through is something that has happened to multiple civilized and Western societies uh, throughout the course of the last 150 years. And it's all spawned by cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism is happening in our streets to this day. And it's happening precisely the way that Karl Marx laid out in the Communist Manifesto. And um, this has always been the goal. The goal was always to take down the state. This was not about black lives. This is not about black lives, white lives, any color lives. This is simply about power and control. And they use uh, they use the methods and tactics of cultural Marxism to get that. Um, and again, it's not being crazy to say it because they just openly admit the co-founders of BLM openly admit this. Mm. And so uh, what you want to do, if you want to see the actual people that you're fighting, it's never been more clear. If you want to see the battle, it's not between uh, certain races or certain classes or a political divide. It's not even Republican Democrat, quite frankly. I mean, what our cultural battle and our cultural war is now is a war uh, for freedom or totalitarianism. And you see precisely played out on the streets of Seattle what is going to happen in all major cities and states throughout this country if you don't stamp it out right now and if it's not forcefully dealt with right now because there is, quite frankly, no other thing that they, that they understand. It, it, Marxism is, by nature, a violent, movement. It calls for, Marx calls for the forcible disruption and tearing down of the classes. And so uh, this is not something that's going to get uh, better or more peaceful with time. And it's best, I'll say, Stu, it's best shown its true colors when you look at what they're targeting. If they were anti-racism, why do they target the Lincoln Memorial or Ulysses S. Grant mm. or Francis Scott Key? If you are anti-fascist, why are you targeting the World War II memorial and desecrating it? The greatest generation that fought against the worst form of fascism uh, that we've ever seen in mankind. If you are against, uh, if you are, if you are against, if you are for the founding principles of this country, why are you targeting Thomas Jefferson, George Washington? If you actually cared about America and the American experiment, why are you targeting Teddy Roosevelt? And the greatest founding fathers, uh, uh, the people who founded this country, it's, it has nothing to do with anything more than tearing asunder uh, the American experiment and raising this country to the ground. And so it certainly is a serious topic and a serious time. And uh, people should see it as a threat that it is. All right, Betty, we have uh, one more minute. I want to get one in on the election with you. The Trump's first rally was last night. It felt like the kickoff of the actual election. Turning Point has a rally coming up with Trump, uh, I think, tomorrow. Um, you're going to be there. What do you see Students as the Trump. state yeah. of Students the for Trump organization? Yeah, excuse me. Yes. Um, this what do you see as the state of the race right now? 
So I see a 2016, uh, a 2016 uh, in this cycle, and it's clearly uh, a moment where the polling is is peculiar and odd and can't be trusted. But you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of ups and downs, especially as people try to figure out like what is this new normal. Uh, is it safe to go outside? Is the coronavirus back? Are there going to be looters or mobs in the street? If I go to a Trump rally, am, uh, you know, is something horrible going to happen to right. me? And I think as things normalize, and you saw today, uh, Joe Biden agreed to debates with the president. Uh, I think the American public are going to see very clearly that that split, freedom versus tyranny, uh, is the split of this election. All right. Benny Johnson, chief creative officer, Turning Point USA. Very funny video from Chaz that you need to see. I mean, Chaz has been the only thing keeping me happy these days, so I'm glad it's there and far, far away from me. Uh, Benny Johnson, thanks so much for coming on the program, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, back in a second. So are you thinking about starting a business or looking to take care of your family but don't know the best way to do it? Well, uh, don't let legal questions hold you back. LegalZoom has been dedicated to helping you with the right solutions for more than 19 years. I don't know exactly how many years I've been with LegalZoom of that 19. Many of them, I can tell you that. I'm a Legal Advantage subscriber. I've been for a while. If you need to talk to an attorney about something, because I don't understand any of this crap, honestly. And I don't want to, like, yeah, I... I don't know. I don't even know how the legal world works. I watch too much suits. I don't even understand how the real legal word, uh, world works. But legal Zoom does. You can get all this stuff done. You can get a will or a living trust, uh, which I've done with them. Uh, you can get a LLC uh, put together, which I've done with legal Zoom. Uh, they make all of this so easy. They walk you through it step by step. LegalZoom is a great place to go. If you're like me and you're not a lawyer and you don't really understand this stuff, but you know you need to have everything buttoned up because you don't want to mess up, LegalZoom.com is the place to go. Uh, they can take care of some important things to help uh, that you're going to need to get done. If you want your special savings, of course, be sure to use the code STU at checkout. Make sure to use the code STU because that's how they know you like this stupid show over at LegalZoom. LegalZoom.com. Code is STU. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Kind of thinking back uh, over television history, you have um, probably the dinner party episode of The Office, uh, the finale of Newhart, um, Breaking Bad, the third to the last episode, and Stu does Colin Kaepernick. Those are kind of in the same boat right now. That's what people think, at least. Um, so whenever anything Colin Kaepernick comes up, we have to give it to you because sometimes it's just so infuriating. Here's Brett Favre talking about Colin Kaepernick. He is, he's helped us call us tremendously. Mm. And uh, is deserving of of much praise and, and respect because mm. it's not easy for a guy his age, black or white, Hispanic, whatever, to stop something that you've always dreamed of doing. Well, and put it on hold, maybe forever. You dreamt of it, being cut for a, something that you believe in. Mm. You know, I can only think of right off the top of my head. Pat Tillman's another guy who did something you know, similar. And, um, and we regard him as a hero. So I, I, I assume, uh, that hero status will, will be stamped with, with Kaepernick as well. Oh, you assume actually probably correctly because the media will probably do that. 
Now, I will say, after when I first read the quote, I was a little bit more angry about it. Watching Favre actually go through the motions of this answer shows he's not exactly the most passionate guy about this. Uh, he's trying to get through the interview without being canceled. So I'll give him a little bit of a break. But there was a little difference between Kaepernick and Tillman. One guy sacrificed millions of dollars to defend his country and gave his life doing so. The other guy attempted to revive a dying career by insulting and spitting on the graves of everyone who died, like Tillman, protecting what the flag stands for. But other than that, they are totally equally heroic, and that's a great observation. Um, I want to give you this quick clip. This is a little disturbing to watch. Uh, it's, uh, it's in a restaurant. Uh, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard is walking through, seemingly doing nothing, and you see him kind of walk from the bottom right of the screen, and all of a sudden he gets sucker punched out of nowhere, and it's just laid out flat on the floor. It's slow motion here. It's tough to watch. I mean, he gets leveled. And Goddard's a big dude, man. Um, uh, you know, I will say he's obviously on the Eagles. So my main reason for showing you is the video is really disturbing. But I, I, I want to be the first to call for the death penalty for whoever did it. Uh, I mean, this they've already lost uh, uh, Brandon Brooks. It's uh, can't go any further. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Chaz. Chaz. Uh, the Babylon Bee was heavily criticized over the weekend for writing a satirical headline that said Chick-fil-A was open on Sundays, but for blacks only. Uh, it was mainly a response to Dan Cathy shining the shoes of Christian rapper Lecrae. Critics claimed that the Babylon Bee went too far. But in Chaz over the weekend, they were literally setting up a black only zone. Let me show you the footage. How long's the uh, blackout going for? Till 8 p.m. Okay, so I have to wait till 8, basically? Uh, what? you're welcome to like hang out in the perimeter area. Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm half Italian, half Colombian, so do I get a pass to get in there, or? Well, this space is right now held for just black folks. Oh, just black, okay, yeah. so full black, you're saying? Um, if you have black ancestry, or if you, um, if you have experienced oh. oppression because oh you're goodness. black, then you can enter this space. Okay. Thank okay. you. Well, apparently he was not black enough uh, to to go into the field. This is insanity. We'll be back in a second. How often do you find yourself mentally wandering off at work? I got to tell you, I mean, sometimes in the middle of the monologue, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, how about uh, the common afternoon crash that coffee and soda does not fix? It happens to everybody. Uh, look, make no mistake, even in a job as exciting as this one, uh, you know, especially when Glenn's in town, endless meetings, blah, 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 blah. Plus, you got marriage. I got little kids. It's a lot going on. You don't want to load up on all the bad stuff. You want Dawn to Dusk. Dawn to Dusk is a physician formulated extended release energy supplement. Lasts up to 10 hours. It increases your energy. It improves your mood and it stimulates your brain all with no jitters. Uh, it's safe, it's effective, and it's a lot less expensive than, you know, all these, some of these energy drinks are like five bucks a piece. Plus, gosh, the coffee, the Starbucks, it's insanity. Save 15% off with a one-month supply with the offer code STU at mydawntodusk.com. The code STU, of course, is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Subscribe and save every month. mydawntodusk.com. Offer code is STU. mydawntodusk.com. I'm joined now by Sarah Gonzalez, host of the News and Why It Matters, right here on Blaze TV, and also Sarah Gonzalez, Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube, which uh, you should already be subscribed to. And if you're not, I mean, we'll fix that right now. Just do it. You're probably watching on YouTube right now. Just click on over. Subscribe to Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Uh, Sarah, you uh, took a little trip this uh, weekend to a little rally in Oklahoma. I did. 
How far away was that, by the way, from here? It was a little under four hours from okay. me. Four hours to Tulsa. Yeah. You took in the first rally, really, to me, the real kickoff of the yeah. election season. What was it like? Uh, it was it was very interesting. It was an interesting experience all around because, you know, you had the the widely renowned rally as, <laughs> yeah. you know, over a million people tried to get tickets. Yeah. We were expecting all of this overflow. They had these big, uh, you know, things set up outside for the overflow. Mm-hmm. Didn't end up being, you know, that packed. Um, yeah, that's that's one way of describing the I, room. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, there were empty seats. Uh, yeah. You know, they said what was it? They said sixty-two hundred was the official number, though Which, the campaign was saying twelve thousand. What do you think it was? I d- they said sixty-two hundred, and I said there's no way there were only sixty-two hundred okay. people there. It felt it, 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 it felt to me, a it, lot it, more. It looked like there was more than that. Yes, though there was clearly a big open sections, especially up top. Up top, and yeah. you know, of course, the media focuses on that. Was there? Did you take? Because I don't buy really the AOC TikTok explanation. Um, you know, this is what they do. They take your information when you sign up to those lists. They're not going to turn you away if you're not, you know, pre-subscribed. Um, that being said, did you take, how do you feel about that? Because I got to say, even when t- there were times when I really thought Donald Trump was going to lose in 2016, he was still packing venues. Yeah. Kind of surprising to not see this thing filled, isn't it? Well, it, it was, but then I had to keep reminding myself, um, you know, because I kept, we were there four hours, three, four hours early just to make sure that we could get in okay. And I, uh, I was with someone who said, well, it's not even full. And I said, well, just wait. No one wants to no one wants to show up this early. Right. We'll just wait. It'll it'll crowd in. And then we kept seeing the top. Okay, there's there's not a lot of people here. But we also had a media that told us for weeks and weeks and weeks that if you attended this rally, you were going to die. You're going to get infected with coronavirus and you're going to die. And I will say I did see very little elderly people. That's, Which is a big. Wait, are you just saying tiny elderly people? Or, no, I no, mean that would be really interesting. I did interesting. not see very okay. many elderly <laughs> people. The elderly people yeah. I did see were, in fact, small. Okay. So, all right. So we have meaning. some two and a half foot elderly people that showed up, <laughs> but not that many. No, right. it's, it's it's interesting because um, I do think this was a mistake by the campaign in that um, you elderly voters are a big part of Trump's block. And to do, I don't understand what the reasoning was to put it inside, because as, as you know, doctors, Dr. Stu, Dr. Sarah yes, have been talking about for months that right. we've decided it's totally OK to go outside for, with coronavirus. It's There's no risk now. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm kind of there. Right. Yeah. Like I was just telling you off the air, like I have my kids uh, a season pass to a water park. Yeah. OK, like I, outside, I'm really confident that the chances of of anything major going on are pretty low. Right. Instead, he puts it inside where. I, I still am, you know, when a big venue like that, it's probably maybe okay. I don't know. I don't know how, the, I don't think we have, that's the problem. We don't know yet on, yeah. that, on that front. And I feel like he put a little doubt in people's mind when it was unnecessary. I, well, I, I would agree with you there. But I will also say, just having attended, um, I felt very safe with the precautions that they did take. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this is in hindsight. You don't know how it's going to shake out before you plan to go or not go. But they had cases and cases of hand sanitizer, personal size hand, hand sanitizer they were passing out to people. Mm-hmm. They did temperature checks. Now, I will say we heard from some uh, sources on the ground that the people who were taking the temperatures actually left before the rally started and Secret Service would not let more people in. Because they were not getting their oh, okay. temperatures taken. Mm. 
So that could have also, yes, that could have also played into part of the reason that there were not, you know, there were not very many people up at the top of the uh, the sections. But I, I felt very comfortable. They were passing out the masks. They had the hand sanitizer. They had the temperature checks when we got in. What would you say the mask okay. usage percentage was? Because they were giving them away for free, pretty low, yes. right? Yes. Pretty low. And I, I will, I will say, uh, the lady who gave us ours just said. I'm not sure if you want to if you want to use the mask, right. use it, but just take it. It'll make your life easier if you just take it to get through, uh, you know, the venue. So she did say, and because I'm sure there were people who I don't want the mask. Right. I'm not going to wear the mask. Yeah, it's and there were not a lot of people. Wearing masks, <laughs> no, I understand. You know, it's become it's odd. It's become like this big statement, and I, I kind of I've I've thought about the mask thing a decent amount because. It's it's been, had such a weird arc through the yeah. story in that Republicans were the ones saying masks would work at the beginning because the CDC was saying, oh, you don't need masks. And the, and the left was going along with it. And we're like, well, why do people, surgeons wear them then? <laughs> like, well, of course they work at some level. Just, you know, common sense tells you that they work at some level, whether you want to wear them or not. They're going to offer some level of protection. So we go through that whole process. Then the CDC is like, ah, uh, OK, second <laughs> thought. We were kidding. They totally work. you got to wear them. And then we're like, we're not listening to you. How dare you say that? And it's like, well, what? we've like reversed yeah. to the opposite side. And now Democrats are saying you have to wear them. I can't even keep track of where people are anymore. Yeah. And I think the unfortunate part is that Democrats have made it such a virtue signal yeah. that just by nature, Republicans don't yeah. want to sign on yes, to it. I know. Like, I'm not going to participate in the virtue signal. That's not what I'm about. Therefore, I won't wear the mask. Right. And like, look, some people I know some people have issues with it as far as breathing. And there's there's all sorts of, of real reasons why, you know, and, and clearly they things like wearing it alone in your car are really dumb. Like, I mean, there's a lot of it here. Um, but I feel like that's a, a little bit of an issue with our politics right now, especially on the right, in that we're, we're so reactionary to what they do. Yeah. Instead of saying, like, this is what we think is right and doing it, we like, well, what is the media saying? Okay, we're doing the opposite. Yeah. I don't think that's a good long-term plan. No, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. But it, it is, it's so tempting because we see, we see how yes. they act every single time. Yes. And it's just so frustrating. You want to do the opposite. It is. It's, that's true. Now, you were you saw some of the great examples of the protesters who were there. Uh, these are people who are just normal people uh, protesting against racism and fascism, which no. you were engaged in, by the way, by just being inside the arena. I was told that. You by were, oh, you were? Yeah. Okay, so you actually did that. see some protesters. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I saw the big march taking place in the streets. How big of a march of was it? Was it a big march? I mean, it wasn't huge. No, mm -hmm. it wasn't huge. But I mean, they were in the street. The police had to block off the traffic for them because they were walking in the middle of the street in downtown, whether you liked it or not. Mm -hmm. um, they did have a, a certain stench of uh, a <laughs> uh, certain marijuana really? plant. Okay, ah, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And also possibly had not showered mm -hmm. based on the smell that I was smelling. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, they were very angry. That was really what this, the, the big takeaway that I had was the stark difference in demeanors of the rally goers yeah. and the protesters. And I mean, this, these were not, you know, I didn't see any violence, but they weren't. They didn't have peace among them, right? They were right. screaming. They were holding up their middle fingers, which I won't do. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you know, they were screaming, uh, F Donald Trump, go home racist. And I mean, it was almost like you could see the veins throbbing in their heads. They were just so angry. And that's what struck me. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny because the media describes a Trump rally as an angry 
place where yeah. people are, you know, viciously. It was the opposite. Yeah, I, you know, I, you watched. I, I think that was the first time I've seen Donald Trump happy in months. He looked legitimately like he was loving that. Yes, and it was the energy. It was yeah. the, the energy was, despite the crowds not turning out the way that they anticipated, the energy was high. The people were happy to be there. They were laughing. They were joyous. There was no bad vibe. There was no negative energy in that entire building. Yeah, you know, and I, listening to it, and I was listening to it with my wife, who 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 I would say appreciates Trump's version of comedy a yeah. little more than I do. <laughs> you know, every time he says the word fake news, she would laugh. And I'm like, haven't you heard him say that 10,000 times? <laughs> she loves it. And, 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 and like, I, I think a lot of people love it because of what we're talking about before. It's so frustrating yes. to be beat down. You know, she's on she's on social media and a lot of moms are and they're in the middle of trying to figure all this world out, this new world where, God, are we supposed to let our kids go play on a playground? I don't know. Are we being irresponsible? I mean, and then you get you do something that's very innocuous and you get shamed by all the, you know, the Karens around the world. Um, all this happens. And it's just a release. Like he comes out there and just says whatever the hell he wants. Right. You know, half the stuff he said, honestly, if you're fact checking it, not going to come out all that well. Uh, <laughs> but he's joking. He's having fun. And he's saying, screw you in your face. I'm going to have fun tonight. And I don't care what you say. Yeah. And that's just a, a great release for people, I think. Yeah, no, it really was. And I mean, it's it's very cathartic for people to know that they're not alone. And when they watch the mainstream media and they see the way that the mainstream media spins everything, the way that the mainstream media talks about them, mm. you know, personally, all Republicans. Republicans are racist. Yeah. All Republicans are homophobic. It's very cathartic to see someone who leads the country who just says what all of them are thinking and comes out in defense of them. Yeah. You don't get that anywhere else. Yeah. Um, what do you think the biggest hit of the rally was? Was it the water story? The ramp story was quite uh, detailed and, and pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the, the testing thing we went over a little bit earlier was a big controversial moment. Uh, what, what it was wasn't the big in hit? the stadium, though, I no, will say. It, it didn't feel like it in the no, stadium. It you was knew he was joking, which you also knew. Yeah. The media was going to grab onto that. Exactly, exactly. I have to say, now, the, the West Point story, the ramp story, was very funny. It did take a little long to yeah. tell. So I think the water, yeah. the, the tossing of the water glass, because you just were not expecting it at no, all. No. I mean, you knew he was going to take a sip, but you didn't know he was just going to throw yeah. it the way he did. And the audience died laughing. And it, his, his reasoning was that he has, was it silk ties and yes. he didn't want to spill the water? Like this Well, they're guy, never the same after you spill the water on them. This guy, how is this guy relatable to anybody? <laughs> he's a billionaire with a gold apartment and he's wearing, he's telling the audience of working class people about how to ruin a silk tie and somehow it still works. It's true. Well, I mean, because he, it was almost self-deprecating when he explained it and he said, I mean, look, the silk tie, I just like the look better. All right? It's just <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. like he's like, all right, I'm sorry. I yeah. don't know what to tell you. I like it better. This is best moments, I think. When, yeah. he's, when he's self-deprecating, he kind of acknowledges, like, I know I'm a little bit of a weirdo, <laughs> but what can I do? He's so endearing when he does that. I wish he would do it more, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, wh quickly, we've got about you know, 30 seconds left. The state of the race right now. Where do you, where do you, what are you feeling right now? I'm hoping that the polling uh, for Joe Biden being up, you know, what, 12, 16 percentage points yeah. is is just like what they did in 2016. Yeah, I, th I think that they're I think that they're missing it. Um, I'm hoping. Yeah. Anyway. And but I, I also will say there's a lot more. To, so much more time. Seen. Yeah. I'm going to try to go into this tomorrow of the monologue and try to like dive into these polling numbers and see what's there because I haven't done much of this. It, it really hasn't been on the docket. Right. For all of us at yeah. this point. 
And here we are. It's scary because it's almost July. I know. <laughs> We're only a few months away, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, we are in the home stretch and we haven't even started yet. It's so bizarre. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez, host of the News and Why It Matters, right here on Blaze TV and the excellent YouTube channel, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Uh, thanks so much for coming in uh, and being on the program and taking the long drive to Tulsa to, to cover this. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Uh, you can always check out all the shows uh, on uh, Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Back in a second. I'd like to read reviews from iTunes. Why do I do it? To encourage you to do more of them because it helps the show succeed and helps me get paid. That's why we do this. Uh, love, Stu. I'm enjoying the lighter side. Thanks for your sarcasm and humor. Helps in weird times. Happy Father's Day. Five freaking stars. Next up, five stars is the appropriate number of stars for this stupid show. Five freaking stars, of course, attached to that one. Thank you very much. Uh, Stu does awesome. Love the stupid show. Keep the stats coming. Whatever. P.S. If Cuomo fell in the woods, would anyone care? Uh, the answer to that, of course, is no. But five freaking stars is correct. And statistics. This is like Glenn Beck, for, but, for, but for people who want to sleep at night, love it. Five freaking stars. Continue the reviews. Thank you so much for doing it. It makes a, seriously a big difference in our lives. See you tomorrow.